Hi, guys. Welcome to a very special and cheerful and merry and holidayic episode of Beauty Pop with uh, I'm Victoria and I'm with Jen Horn, my co-host. And today we're going to actually take a break from makeup and hair and fashion and all the stuff that we usually do because Jen has a superpower. She's a, she's a sommelier. I can drink wine. Yes. She is a sommelier, like an actual sommelier, went through all the hard courses and all that stuff. And so we are going to pick your brain, Miss Jen, on what to pair our turkeys with and some other traditional holiday foods. And because uh, this is something that I think a lot of people struggle with. Oh, yes. It's a huge problem. And yeah. so here's the thing that, you know, actually part of my sommelier classes. So I, most people who do level one SOM testing, they go through like a weekend long conference, but they study up to the conference and then they go through and get kind of warmed up in some of the stuff they should be focusing on. And then there's a test and the masters come in, the master sommeliers come in and give that test. But I was lucky enough to sit through a six month class with a friend of mine who uh, trained people. He's a master sommelier. His name is Michael Jordan. He's fabulous. And one of the things that we would do is every week we would talk about a wine region of the world. And for most people, they go into service. So they go into the service industry where they might be a sommelier at a restaurant or they might... um, Is that the same as a wine steward? Exactly. They might be a wine steward, something like that at a restaurant. So um, a lot of people get asked about pairing questions. And so one of the hardest things from Master Sommelier Michael Jordan's mouth is to pair a Thanksgiving dinner because there are so many flavors on the table. You've got, you know, your stuffing and you've got rich mashed potatoes and gravy and you have a salad and you have turkey and you have cheeses usually beforehand. I mean, so it's a difficult thing to try to pick one wine to pair with Thanksgiving dinner. And I know a lot of people struggle through, but we have some really good tips for you today. Well, I'm excited because this is this is something that I've struggled with every year. And I don't really, I'm a red wine drinker, so I have not had great luck with red wine and turkey. Um, But I'm hoping you can fix that today (laughs) as well. Um, But yeah, so I think one of the things that's interesting and all the the dishes that you just mentioned, they're all very savory dishes Mm -hmm. and lots of salt. So does that influence the type of wine that you should pick? It's more about the fat content usually. So if oh. it's if it's something that's rich, that really depends what kind of wine you want. That's why they always tell you to get a big red bold wine with a steak because it cuts through some of the fat of the steak, Makes some sense. of that richness. Yep. But I think the most important thing when you're thinking about pairings for any meal, Thanksgiving or anything else, is you want to pick something that you like first. Because just because something goes great with a Moscato, if you don't like Moscato, then there's no reason for you to force yourself yeah. through it. So <laughs> the the pairing is what you like, number one. But you do have a couple of options for Thanksgiving. And the first thing I would mention to you is that the third Thursday in November is Beaujolais Nouveau Day. And what that means is in France, in... Um, Beaujolais Nouveau, they release a wine that comes out once a year. And this one is always a very light, fresh, it's a Gamay grape. It's a fresh and light kind of red wine that I think just because of the time of year, it's almost like it's made to go with Thanksgiving dinner. And it only comes out the third Thursday. These are wines that you do not want to put down. You just get the Beaujolais, you drink it in the same year. These are these are wines that are meant to be enjoyed when you buy them. Um, so that would be number one. Number I'm two- I'm literally taking notes, by the way. I you heard paper you. In the I background. love it. I'm literally taking <laughs> notes. Um, I, I like a Beaujolais actually. So that, and I never would have thought of that, but that's a very light 
kind of it's a I and it's bright and yeah. it's got good acid which cuts through a lot of that heaviness and not too that you sweet because I don't like sweet right yeah I don't like sweet either and so that's why I say if you don't like a moscato you're not going to like a moscato whether it's you know it's paired right or not so champagne or sparkling wine is is kind of the number two all purpose wine out there or drink beverage um it will go with everything champagne bubbles sparkling kava um goes with everything and you can get really good inexpensive sparkling you and i both share a love for freshenay which you turned me not, on to that i did cuz it is really solid i think it stands up with with sparkling that's much more expensive and it is a cava so it comes from spain and it's fabulous but that will go and work your way all through dinner what i like to do at my house is i like to do a little a little mix and match so i like to start when my guests arrive and i usually always cook i mean to be doing the same thing this year um i always like to start with the sparkling and a lot of times I'll do something like kind of festive for Christmas or Thanksgiving and I'll put like some uh, pomegranate seeds or mm-hmm. I might float some cranberries or just something kind of pretty and festive in the champagne to get everybody started and for appetizers. Because, you know, your aunt can bring, you know, pigs in a blanket or a meatball and then you've got this beautiful fancy cheese tray. So you want something that's going to really work with everything and it gets everybody in a nice mood and it's festive and I think it kind of kicks off the holiday. So I usually start with a sparkling wine, again, a good one to try. I really like the freshness. If you're not into a, a sweet um, sparkling, it's good. It's affordable and it's really like easy to get a hold of. Crazy affordable. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's in. Um, I, I've I've never not seen it in a liquor store. Let's put it that way. And if you're wondering how it's spelled, <laughs> because I did not know how to pronounce it until you told me, it's like F R E I X E N E T. Did I get that yeah. right? Okay. I think that's right. Yep. And it's pronounced freshness. So mm-hmm. it's like a CH instead of an X. And I've heard people like in the liquor stores say like, oh, that Frexen, like people say it in very <laughs> weird ways. But yes, it is Freshenay and it is a Cava, which I've been a fan of Cava. Is it weird that I don't like Prosecco, but I really like Cava? Prosecco is much sweeter. And I, I'm with you. Prosecco for me is made for mimosas. I like a mimosa yes. hold the orange juice usually, yeah. which is just give me the <laughs> champagne. But if you're going to put some juice into something, Prosecco is great. It's inexpensive. It's already sweet. And, you and that's, kind the, of, that's an Italian grape, right? It's an Italian. Exactly. So it's the difference so, between an Italian grape and a Spanish grape. And the reason Prosecco and exactly Cava. and the style more than anything, it really usually uh, you can make most people will make uh, champagne with like a Chardonnay grape, but um, the style is really what the difference is. And that's why the people in Champagne and Champagne happens to be a region in France, the people in Champagne protect that because they think they have the best process and the best way to make it in the world. And so if you see Champagne, it is supposed to come from the Champagne region of France. That's why sparkling that's a French law actually that is it yeah, is a that's law an ancient and they will French, come after you <laughs> yeah that's oh they will that is an ancient French law and like you said protect they protect that and so anything like if you have a sparkling white wine from California it can never be called champagne that's so right it's and just typically our white. style we in America call it sparkling wine so if you get a California sparkling or champagne that's what you're going to see on the label is sparkling and then cava from Spain prosecco from Italy now um, you know let me ask you a quick question while we're on the the sparkling so if you go like what's your favorite high-end champagne if you're if you have like money's no issue what's your absolute favorite um or sparkling f- wine doesn't need to be from champagne 
my favorite champagne that, you know, there'd be some really good ones that are done at local, um, at different local wine wineries, but the one that's most well-known, I love Vouv Clicquot. Oh, I think too, it's, yeah. I think it's really on par. I think it does better. And I've had Dom Perignon before. I really think that Vouv is kind of like where I stand and it's not, oh, it's not super expensive. It's usually around, you know, $70 a bottle mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Depending on where you get it. Right. Um, I, I find that one is probably the most enjoyable of the ones that are well known. But there are some other ones. Like there's one called um gosh, uh is it rocking it rocking horse or wild, wild horse, I think, in California up in Napa that does a beautiful sparkling, a really beautiful sparkling. I'm writing that down. I might enjoy. be able to find that. Because to- there's a new total wine that just opened right near me in New Jersey mm-hmm. and has an incredible selection. Like I, I walk in there, I'm like, this is like like the adult version of Toys R Us. Like I love that. When you can wander the aisles and learn stuff and pick stuff up, that's the best. Those stores are fabulous for that. And that's California, Wild Horse. Okay. Um, yeah, Wolf Clicquot is always, that's always my go-to as well. I, I, I've been gifted, because I would not buy it myself because I'm too cheap for it, but I've been gifted, you know, really nice bottles of Dom, you know, in the couple hundred dollar range. And to be honest... <laughs> I never really was that impressed. No, it's good, but it's kind of, it's, it's like all of these wines that become famous as like the best, you know, I would look at at hashtag Santa Margarita. Remember that from like 1998, (laughs) everyone was like, you can't drink any other Pinot Grigio ever again, unless it's Santa Margarita. And it's (laughs) It's not even good. I don't really even like it. It just had really good marketing. Yeah. Yeah. It had great marketing. So you can always find stuff that I think is better than some of the old standards. So you just have to try it. And that's the fun part, actually. Yeah. So on the high end, I think I would I would definitely stick with you on uh, on Veuve Clicquot. And then on the lower end, I've I've been doing the Freshenay, which, by the way, like so you've no idea how many people have seen a bottle of Freshenay in my fridge, my sister-in-law included. <laughs> and they're like, what the hell is wrong with you? That's like the cheapest stuff ever. I'm like, oh, no, don't knock it until you try <laughs> don't it. Don't knock it until you try it. Seriously. Right. <laughs> and then I always have to throw in your bona fides. I'm like, well, you know, Jen's a sommelier and she told me about it. <laughs> but there is one that I found that has recently beaten Freshenay for me. And okay. it's even cheaper. It's even cheaper than Freshenay, which if you can believe that, because Freshenay, where we are in New Jersey, there's a, our little local local uh, liquor store has Freshenay for, I want to say, 15 bucks a bottle. It's about fourteen ninety nine, something like that. Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all, right? I mean, that feels like a bargain. Yep. I was at Total Wine when it first opened here, and I could not believe what uh, they have... Um, there's, they have a sparkling that was that was being featured. It wasn't even on sale. It was just like their featured sparkling. I don't know if it's a house brand. I don't know if Total Wine does that or what their deal is. But I'm telling you, like I, I texted you right a picture of it, and I don't think you've had a chance to try it yet. But this is insane. It's called it's Borasca. It's B O R R A S C A Brut Cava. It's ten ninety nine a bottle. Oh my gosh, and that's insane. It, and I'm telling you, I was like, well, I'll just take a chance on it. And because it was already cold and they didn't have any freshenay. For some reason, they didn't have any cold freshenay at Total Wine. And we were having, Lewis and I were having like a wine and cheese that night. And so I needed something that was already chilled. So I took a gamble on it. I'm telling you from the first sip, I was totally blown away by this. And it, and it has it has a softer, if this makes any sense, and I know I'm not using the right terminology, it felt like it had a, a, a softer, a little more of a rounded 
full, like well-rounded taste to it than Freshenay. Okay, so Baraska, I have to try that. I cannot wait to try it actually, because you know I love my Freshenay, but I'm always looking for good options. So I'm telling you, I am so I've never wanted to force a drink on someone more <laughs> than have you try this. Twist my to arm, see, twist my arm, <laughs> just to see, like, just to see if my own palate is right. Yeah, because I do think it has it has a little more flavor than Freshenay, and it's which makes it, I guess, it would be less brute, but it's still a brute, right? Yeah. I, I so, can't wait. I'm going to look for it. So yeah. that's going to be on my list. You're going to look for my my sparkling tip. I'll look for this one. And then if you're, okay, so we should probably get back to the pairing. So yeah. I always start with the champagne. And this is, again, you know, serve what you want. But if you want to have some fun and do uh, and do a couple of wines during the dinner, that's what I like to do. That's what my family likes to do. So by and large, after the, the champagne or, or the sparkling appetizer course, typically which goes if, with all like the meats and cheeses goes and stuff. With That's actually a great everything. Thing. Yeah, and it cuts through. It's just it's clean. It's festive. It's where people really want to start. So if you're then moving on to dinner and you want to just choose one or two wines, I really recommend doing a Pinot Noir because it is a light red. It will go with a lot. Um, I think a lot of people tend to think that you have to do white wine because there's turkey on the table, but I prefer doing a light red for for Thanksgiving, so I would go with the Pinot Noir. My hidden- okay, here's my here's my yes. Pinot Noir question mm-hmm. because I do love Pinot Noir. Yes. Now I have found, and you can. This is why you're the expert here. So Pinot Noirs from around the world taste very different. They do. So I would. I'm assuming if you're aiming for like light, then you'd want to do like an Oregon or a Washington state Pinot. Oregon and Washington typically have lighter Pinots. In California, you're going to find um, all kinds. You're going to, it's really going to be based upon the style of the winemaker. Some people like to do a heavier, bolder, more structured Pinot. Other people mm-hmm. prefer um, more of a lighter style. I would say most Pinots do fine with Thanksgiving. So I wouldn't worry too much, but yes, okay. a Washington, Oregon Pinot, would be like absolutely A to Z fantastic. is a brand, right? A yeah. to Z Pinot that ev- mm-hmm. everyone sort of knows. It's it's available pretty much at every liquor store I've ever been to. It's yeah. about twenty bucks a bottle ish, depending on where you are. That's a that's super light. I've always found that to be like maybe a little too drinkable. Um, but it's it goes. I've never had an issue with that. So that's that's probably a decent one. It's um, a great. Cho- that's a great choice. And I've had that one. I've had that Pinot before, and it's it's great. And again, you can get more expensive Pinots, less expensive Pinots. I think if you stick in the $20 range, you're not going to be disappointed, especially with all of those flavors on your table. But I will tell you that I have a, a secret, a, a secret one. I love this episode. Okay. <laughs> so a it's lot like of my people, Christmas episode. <laughs> a lot of people may know about Grenache and maybe you haven't tried it yet, but Grenache to me is one of my favorite wines because it is a light red, but one of the key things that you will taste in almost every Grenache is cranberry. And I find that if you get a Grenache, it pairs even more beautifully with Thanksgiving than the Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir is very easy to find, but if you can get your hands on a Grenache, I can tell you that people will not be disappointed. It has all the fun and all the, the taste of a Pinot Noir, those baking spices, but it's got that little brightness and that acidity that I think works really well with all of the stuff that you have on your table, especially because as we talked about, Thanksgiving tends to be heavy. Yeah. So Grenache for me is like my secret weapon for, you for Thanksgiving. Brand? Can you name um, check? I, I love uh, like an Andrew Murray Grenache, I think Andrew is probably Murray. one of my okay. most favorite. Um, 
Cass out of Paso does one as well. That's really good. But Andrew Murray for me is kind of the best Grenache. It's the go-to. Do you think that's, that's available? You think you can get it online for sure. Um, and probably yes, more available in California. I don't know how widely available it would be in other places in California. It's pretty good. You can find it, but it might be harder. The, any brand, however, try it, try it first before serving it with Thanksgiving. But I I don't think you're going to go wrong with the Grenache. The other is to to visit some of the Rhone varietals. And one of the ones that I would suggest if you can't find a Grenache is a Mouvedre, which is spelled M-O-U-V-E-D-R-E. And that is also one of, I, I find Rhones are some of my favorite wines, both the red and the white Rhone varietals. This is one that is a little heavier than your Grenache, but it is still going to be a good choice for, for your holiday. So again, Pinot, Grenache, Mouvedre. Now, if you wanted to mix it up and maybe you wanted to do a little pairing, um, have something with your salad course, maybe you want to have something with your main course. It, salad courses work really beautifully with a dry Riesling. We've talked about not liking sweet wine. I do not like sweet wine, but there is something really beautiful, especially if you have like cheese and nuts and fruit in your salad, which a lot of people tend to do around Halloween. They might do, or Halloween, excuse me, around Thanksgiving, they might do apples, walnuts, a little bit of goat cheese. Mm-hmm. That dry Riesling is going to be perfect. So if you and do want to- Riesling is one of my favorite whites of it's all It's really time. good. And you said, especially if you serve it extra chilled. So if you start with that champagne pairing for your appetizers, move on to some, some dry Riesling, for your salad course, and then maybe move on to either your Pinot Noir or your Grenache. There are not going to be sad people in the room at all. Everybody will be really happy. Plus it makes it seem more fancy. Right. I love that. And and I don't mind switching back and forth between white and red. I'm not like- It's because we're hardcore, girl. I know, right? (laughs) Well, no, you know what it is? I really just like enjoying each course Yes. you know, individually and sort of truncated in that way. So I don't mind when, whenever we've done wine pairings at a restaurant, you don't usually, you don't, unless you, I guess you could request it. I've never done that, but every time we've done the flights that go with, you know, with the dinner, it's always been a mix of often something sparkling and a white mm-hmm. and then a red and whatever. So I like that. Here's my question. So I ran in, I learned about dry Rieslings or yeah. I learned about which Riesling I like, which is the Alsace-Lorraine, that region, that country, um, I love that dry Riesling. It's, it's a great choice. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not familiar, it's literally a very tiny island nation between France and Germany. Yeah. German Rieslings tend to be very sweet. It's too heavy, and uh, that's too much. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it, are there trying- California Rieslings? Yes, and so that's why I would say focus if you want a drier Riesling, focus on those that are coming out of California, Alsace, as you mentioned, great as well. That's a great tip. Very proud of you. Um, the reasons <laughs> well, that come out of Germany, I do think are getting a little brighter and a little more fruit forward, less sweet, mm-hmm. but I think you're safer to buy one from California if you do like a dry Riesling. Okay. That's awesome. Um, on the Alsatian Riesling, I would say if someone's looking specifically for a brand and doesn't really want to do a lot of research, mm-hmm. the Willem, it's W-I-L-L-M. Yep. That that bottle is across the country. I've seen it everywhere. Um, that's a that's a solid Alsatian Riesling that you know I would recommend. It's not that expensive. I believe it's maybe around $20, maybe less. Yeah. Just depending sounds on about you know, right. where you buy it. But that's, yeah, that is a good one. There's also ravines. I don't know. This one I found at Total Wine and it's, I had to look up the name because um, it's about 18 bucks a bottle. 
really good. R-A-V-I-N-E-S. And that's also pretty solid when it comes to a dry Riesling. Okay, cool. Love that. Um, okay, so now the next course after, so if we start with our salad and we mm-hmm. want something nice and dry like a Riesling, besides the Pinot Noir, oh, I have a Grenache question. Yes. We are a member of a wine club mm-hmm. called First Leaf, and I found really good stuff that, that has come from this wine club. However, every Grenache that we've been given is always a blend. Oh, yeah. I see. I've never been able to have a straight Grenache. Does that exist? Yes. And uh, they do a lot of times a GSM blend, which is Grenache Syrah Mouvedre. Um, That's great. It's a little heavier because of that Syrah influence. So I would save that and try to get the single varietal Grenache. And again, they do make them. Um, I was looking through some of the ones that might be more available uh, around. And remember, you can get it also because a lot of them will come from Spain. So don't be afraid to go into the other sections at your total wine or at your, at your liquor store and go to look wines around the world. You'll get a nice Grenache. But the one that I think is really readily available is Moncoyo, which is from Spain. Mm-hmm. And it is about $32 at Total Wines. There are cheaper ones. I've had that one before. And that one's a, a really solid one. Um, so definitely check that out. I think some that's of a good the, one you can look yeah, for. Yeah, because some of the some of the bottles we've gotten from First Leaf with the blend of Grenache, I haven't disliked any of them. Yeah. But you're right. They're definitely mixed they're heavier. with something heavier. Yep. So I have one other question on the Grenache. I made a mistake once of buying a petite Grenache. And I did not like it as much. Is that because, and and it's like a petite Syrah, right? It's different. I don't even know if I've ever had a petite Grenache, actually. I've had I petite Syrah. I think it was Syrah. in one of our clubs. It, it might have been. been. There Dry Farm people, Wine is another one I get from Europe. A lot of people, if they've come up with something, they may create new things. Uh, happy accidents is sometimes what they're called. And that may be where a petite Grenache would have come from. I don't, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Cause I've never even, I don't think I've even tried that, but typically if you get a single varietal Grenache, I think you're going to be, you'll be happy with it. Again, yeah, the I'm putting that on my good. list. Cranberry is sure. good, and you don't have all of that boldness that would come. A Syrah and those other wines are going to be just too heavy. So is a Cab. If you don't have access to a, you'll laugh when I say this, but if you don't have access to um, to a, a good Pinot Noir or a Grenache that you like, my next choice would probably be a Merlot. And I know Merlot seems so out of fashion because Sideways drove it out of business, but it there did. are a lot of Isn't really it amazing good that Merlots. movie is like 25 years <laughs> old and it's still, Paul Giamatti is like still in everyone's head, like, no more fucking Merlot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but because I, I would still warn that Merlot could still be a little heavy, but it would be my next choice behind the the Pinot, the Straight Grenache, Merlot the Mouvedre. Or Straight Merlot. Merlot. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to blend. Had, it's a little I've too big. I've had some Merlot blends that have been fine. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I remember thinking like, oh my God, Sideways really did influence me to the point where I just avoided it. It's social conditioning, baby. I mean, I, uh, I when I go to wineries and they pour Merlot, they always, like they first say to you, oh, you know, just because people say Merlot isn't great, it really is good here. And so when I find a good Merlot that I love, I actually buy it because when I serve it at home, I pour it for people. And they're like, oh, this is great. What is it? And then I tell them it's a Merlot. So I'm trying to bring it back because <laughs> it needs to happen. It got a really bad rap. I know everybody it drank did. it for a long time, but we can't cancel the Merlot. 
it, that must have been because the movie is also set in California, yeah, in in Napa. That must have just driven winemakers insane in California. The the movie was actually made in the wine country that I spend the most time in, which is San Ynez and Los Olivos. So in the Central Coast, just above Santa Barbara, and they still have. You can drive by wineries and they'll say, as seen in Sideways. And this was how many years ago. So Sideways made such a big impact on this area. It drove so much tourism. And now that area went from having just a few wineries to having hundreds. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful So it's good. It, it did do some good. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. As far as tourism it. goes, for sure. For Merlot makers, meh, they had to re- revise some of what they were doing before. But that area is actually great for Rhones. All those Rhone bridles I was talking about, I oh, love okay. them. They come from that area. You know, it's funny. I, I, there are not many movies about wine, right? Now, technically, Sideways was really about the friendship and you know, sure. whatever. But uh, wine played a wine was like its own character in it. Yep. The other wine movie that I love, that I highly recommend. You don't need to know anything about wine. It's just pure entertainment, and it's a true story. Have you seen Bottle Shock? You know what? I have not, but oh, you would love it. You my love dad it. has loved it. My dad is does a food and wine radio show. He gets all the the fun on the radio, and so he is a sommelier as well. He's had the people who've come on telling the real story of Bottle Shock. He's seen the movie. I just ha- I'm behind, but I know I would love it. I know it. When we, I didn't see it when it came out. I saw it, you know, much later on on demand. Yeah. And um, I, uh, I told my one of my good friends who loves red wine as well. I was like, oh my god, you guys have to see this movie Bottle Shock. It's like it's a true story, and it's Chateau Montalena is the mm-hmm. brand. And so her parents uh, went out to Chateau Montalena and bought. It's not cheap wine at all. It's actually oh, no. really no, no, good, no. and it's got even more expensive after the movie came out. Yeah, but it is. So we cracked open a bottle. One night and we mm-hmm. felt so fancy it is delicious <laughs> it really is i'm not a huge cabernet fan mm-hmm. but this is like velvet if I you're see gonna why do a cab though, the awards a napa cab blows away any other cab in the world i think in my mind napa and cabs that's kind of what the movie incredible. proves you mm-hmm. know it's i think it's set in the late 70s maybe yeah it's the late 70s and um it, it's such a fun movie it's a great cast alan rickman r.i.p yeah. um you know younger kids you guys remember him as professor snape so <laughs> he's done lots of other movies and um yeah it, it's it's just it's such a fun movie and you learn a lot about the wine making process it's it's a real kind of in-depth but not too in-depth that you lose interest you know from the audience but it's no definitely great i've heard great things about it so i yeah yeah, i've got to see that too i have a whole list of things to-do list of like there's another one tv series (laughs) since we blend pop culture here too there's another documentary that i have not seen but it's been on our watch list for over a year now it's called som s-o-m have you seen it i have not that's another supposed to be amazing and it's the world sommelier contest or whatever and let me the tell tournament you how is. intense that is uh, it the, looks it. the person who taught me michael jordan who became a sommelier knows more about wine than anybody i've ever met or come into contact with and he had to take the exam twice people work their entire lives to to learn and not only is there a written test a huge component of just knowing all the different winemaking processes and all of the terroir and all that stuff from around the world but you have to walk into a room have Master Sommelier is asking you questions and you have to be able to take a sip of wine and you have to be able to tell where that wine came from, what region, what year, what wine it is. It's incredibly difficult and it takes a lot of training of your palate to be able to figure it out. 
And it's, it's really, you want to talk about tapping into your senses of smell and taste. It's probably great for your psyche because you really have to let everything else go and just focus on what you're smelling, what you're tasting, what you're seeing. It's actually probably meditative, but yeah, I feel like you're getting more zen just talking about that. I just saw your whole body (sighs) relax. I know. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) It's great. Um, So here's my other question. I would say the number one white wine in America, right? Mm-hmm. Chardonnay. Definitely. And everybody, everybody brings a Chardonnay to everything, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't know anything, you kind of go, oh, well, Kendall Jackson had a good run in the early aughts, you know, like, let's just get a bottle of that. How does, how does, not necessarily Kendall Jackson, but how does Chardonnay stack up in the list that we've compiled for Thanksgiving, for the holidays? I'm not a fan and I'm not a fan of- You could of serve, you could serve Chardonnay, Chardonnay either. I- Yeah, I think Chardonnay gets a bad rap. Um, There are so many different ways to make Chardonnay. And typically, it's about how it's it's set, basically. You can either put it into steel or you can put it into oak. I'm a fan of the steel. Steel steel barrel Chardonnay, I think, is really good. I actually like there's a process in which they leave it in oak initially. Or I sorry, they finish it in oak. So they started in steel, let it ferment in steel, and then they finish it for just a short time in oak. And I feel like to me, that's the sweet spot of Chardonnay. It's my favorite kind, the people who do that double process, because you get the clean lines of of the steel Chardonnay, but you also just get it that development of the of the flavors at the yeah. end from the oak. I don't like a Chardonnay that is overly oaked and extra buttery. It tastes like you yeah. suck your tongue into like a vat of movie popcorn butter and i am not totally totally and it has like a i guess the word would would be viscosity right it has like a thickness to it there's a thickness to it and i think it's like evian water film i hate evian water Mm because it gives you that film even though it's water and it's like not refreshing at all you're right and so it's kind of like that so i think that's where chardonnay kind of gets its bad name but if you can get either a steel chardonnay that's been done in steel or in the steel oak combo you're going to be great. And even if you have the buttery Chardonnay, serve it as an appetizer wine. Again, the acid in the Chardonnay is going to cut through a lot of the cheeses and stuff. I would say serve it earlier in the meal. I do think that Chardonnay brings out the sweetness and stuff. And I, that's why I would not necessarily serve it with Thanksgiving dinner. Although you can, again, the first rule of pairing is serve what you like. So if you like Chardonnay, drink it the whole dinner. I just think it it pulls out a lot of the sweetness from the food. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you'll enjoy it quite as much as some of the other wines we've talked about. But either make it your salad course or make it your, your appetizer wine. Okay, great tip. Um, if someone wants to be adventurous. Mm-hmm. So, so we've gone from like the basics, like my mom who doesn't drink wine, we're going to my in-laws for Thanksgiving. She's like, I'm going to bring a bottle of red and a bottle of white, but you have to help me pick. And I was like, well, I need to talk to Jen first. <laughs> so <laughs> now I have a few ideas, but if someone is a little more adventurous, mm-hmm. what would you, if someone says, Jen, surprise me, wow me, what would you pick? I would definitely, I would like my two basics would definitely be the sparkling and the Grenache. I think that's what I would do. If you want to be adventurous, maybe you would go with that dry Riesling. Um, you could also, if you wanted to impress people for dessert and I, and I tread lightly on this because I am not a huge fan of dessert wines, Mm, but you can get some, some really delicious ports that impress people when you serve Love them with port, dark, though. when you serve yeah. it with dark chocolate. So mm-hmm. if you do a dessert wine or a port and you get some really good high quality dark chocolate, even though people love to think pie for Thanksgiving, that's always a wow. 
And if you, one of my favorite things, it's like impresses people every time is to take a little bit of either port or of a red dessert wine, pour it over berries, shave dark chocolate on top and some whipped cream. People go bananas, pardon the banana pun, but they Mm -hmm. go, they go crazy for that. They love that pairing because it brings out the freshness of the berries and that chocolatey flavor. Yeah. So if you wanted to stun, that might be a nice way to finish things off. Um, otherwise Thanksgiving is not your time to necessarily be too crazy with wine because it can throw the taste of your Thanksgiving meal. So I would say go for the solid picks, go for those favorites, go for what you like. But definitely if you want to impress, maybe be a little more experimental with the, with your dessert course when everything's kind of wrapping and maybe go in that direction. Because I don't think a lot of people naturally go towards a port or a dessert wine. Mm-hmm. There's a great one from Tobin James called Liquid Love that tastes like fresh raspberries and creme brulee. Oh it's my amazing. God. You can only have about a sip because it'll make you yeah. like <laughs> high alcohol and very sweet. But in combination with dark chocolate, you're you're going to look like a magician. It's amazing. Wow. I'm happy you brought up port because I, I am a, I'm a port lover. And even though I don't like things that are sweet and I'm not necessarily a dessert person, every once in a while, I love a creme brulee. I, I make creme brulee at home. I love it. So I like, you know, a little even though that is sweet, I tend to have a little more of a savory side, yes. you know, than, than like a, you know, I can do a chocolate bomb, like mm-hmm. a, any kind of chocolate grenache or, or a ganache. I mean, you know, any, anything like that I can do, but I love port, but I'm very picky about it. I do not like a Ruby port because it's okay. too sweet. Yep. So like, I'm like a 20 year tawny port kind of gal. So that's going to give you, if you don't like something that's too sweet, or if you're a little afraid and you want to try it, but you're kind of like, well, I don't know if everyone's going to like this. I would say stay away from the Ruby. It is very sweet. And go for a tawny. Do a minimum of 10 years Mm -hmm. because you can get a 10-year tawny. Taylor Fladgate is like the sort of standard brand that's everywhere across the country. A a 10-year tawny up to a 25-year, it's going to get more expensive. But if you do like port, it's worth it. And that gives you a little bit of smokiness honestly it's a heaven in a glass there is just no better way and it's and it again it's it's considered i believe maybe officially i don't know is it considered a digestive yeah i think oh, it no, is it does, right for sure yes and it will really after a thanksgiving meal that's so intense and so many courses and so heavy it makes you feel it really <laughs> it's a nice way it's a really nice way to end a meal so i'm really happy that you brought up pork because i'm actually going to make a star of that for myself. <laughs> yeah. But a little bit, I mean, that's something a little different. That's a little more spectacular and special for Thanksgiving rather yes. than just going with the old Chardonnay or whatever you might find at the store. Now, are there any other whites that you would avoid? And the reason I'm asking this is because I would say the three default whites for mm-hmm. most people are Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, and Pinot Grigio. Yes, for sure. So Chardonnay, we can make it work. We can make it work. Sauvignon Blanc, you can also make it work. I, I mean, especially because it's so crispy and acidic, um, you can definitely make it work. I'm not a huge fan, just full disclosure, of Pinot Grigio. It has to be a really good Pinot Grigio for me to really love it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one I'd add into the mix is my very favorite white wine, which is a Viognier. And I will give you this warning label. Viogniers can either be really great or really terrible. There isn't a whole lot in between. Um, and a lot of the Viognier's that I like come from boutique wineries in California. So I can't even tell you broadly which ones might be available yeah. across the country. So that's a gamble. That would be a gamble. It's a gamble. But if you can try a delicious Viognier, oh my gosh, when you find one that's amazing, it is the red wine drinker's white. It has got some structure oh. to it. 
it's how I even started down the path of white wines. And now I love white wines and it's a Rhone varietal. It's actually the wine that helped me get my sommelier. When I passed the test, I impressed the masters by guessing that it was uh, a Viognier from Santa Barbara County and lo and behold, it Damn. was, wow. and I nailed it. And I was the only nice. one in my class who nailed any of the wines that they tasted. So cool. I was pretty, I was pretty excited about that, but it's just, when you find a good one, that's the most delicious white to me. And by, it would be perfect for Thanksgiving. Again, not on my recommendations list because they're it's hard great to find or yeah. they're awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, final question on whites. The only whites that I do tend to drink, I, 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 like I said, I like the Alsatian Riesling, the dry mm-hmm. Riesling. Um, I am a sucker for a Sancerre and yeah. I just love it. Love, love the dry it. wines. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. it. Love it. Love it. Could drink it all day long. I call it thinking wine because it it's is. lower alcohol than red. Mm-hmm. So you can still, you know, keep your faculties. Are there any French wines? Because if you think about French cooking usually has heavy sauce, heavy cream, you know, heavy cheese, things like that. So those wines tend to be like a Pouli-Fissé, like they, they kind of, cut through that heaviness. So I'm wondering if some of that could maybe work for Thanksgiving. That's actually a Sauvignon Blanc grape usually. Um, so yes, I think that would be a good choice. A Sancerre is a good one too. The reason I love that you love it, not everybody does because it tends to be more mineral. I prefer mm-hmm. a wine that gives you a little more structure with the minerals. That's why I love a Viognier. It also can have a mineral element to it. Um, so I think if you like it, a Sancerre would be great with Thanksgiving, but sometimes people want something that's easier on their tongue. That's yeah. a little fruitier. I find mm-hmm. in this country, particularly people want, yeah. they're accustomed to that fruit forward taste of American made wines. I th- it's, it's funny. Cause I feel like I'm learning about myself through this conversation Yeah, because you're right. So the Alsatian Riesling, the Sancerre, I love uh, g- jumping over to Italy. I love agave, yeah. which has a lot of mineral kind of I don't know, foundation to it or whatever. I like a Vermentino. I think you kind of are into the sandstone is what I think, actually. A lot of sandstone in those areas and a lot of white rock is what you're describing to me as something that you like. So look for those areas geographically. Is that what they call the terroir? Yeah, the the terroir. That's what I think you like. And I like that too. Mineral to me, it goes hand in hand with a lot of stone fruits, which I also really find pleasant in wines because it's not overbearing. And the stone fruits, I'm talking about peach and nectarine and stuff yeah. can be found in a lot of wines in that area. So that I think is what you're tasting. And that's good to know. So I think our takeaway here is you and I need to do a European trip together and just drink our Let's way go. through Europe. Let's do a beauty pop <laughs> wine cruise. Oh my God. <laughs> if you're in for that, let's get a group together. <laughs> oh my, I know, right? Like that would be fantastic. If you guys are listening and you're uh, <laughs> you're like, hey, I'd like to go on that tour with them. My yeah. dream vacation is a river cruise through the Rhone because I've I heard think that's you would spectacular. Really, I, heard, I think you would really like those Rhone bridles. Yeah. And there's no better place. And they have lavender fields and it's supposed to be gorgeous. Oh. And I just, I would love to do that. So now I want to drink and travel. <laughs> I know. And the great thing with the river cruise is all your wine is included and the boat goes so slowly that you can actually just kind of keep up with it as you tour the towns. Let's go. I I mean, I've, I, we, my parent, no one, none of my friends have been able to afford that type of Mm -hmm. trip yet, but my parents' friends have all done that and have just reported back incredible 
Love uh, to do it. You know, incredible experiences, the food, the wine, all of it. The other one I'm a huge nerd for is the Christmas market cruise. I would love to do that one too. They take you through like Germany on the rivers at Christmas. So you can go. Oh, okay. You see all the lights and the Christmas markets, the wine probably really sweet, but you know. (laughs) Yeah. We can make do. That's like you smuggle some good wine in your suitcase for that. There you go. That's right. Well, I hope you guys have really enjoyed this as much as clearly I have. <laughs> I if feel you like have I questions, got by the way, send them free our education. way. Yes. Yeah. You can email us at beautypoppod at gmail.com or the fastest way to reach us, of course, is on Instagram at beautypoppod. And uh, you can DM us, leave a comment. We're always checking those. But um, yeah, th- this this is a comprehensive list. And I was, so, I mean, for I've been dying for a long time to pick your brain on wine for like a long amount of like an actual lengthy conversation about yeah. wine. So I'm excited. The other, the one other country that we haven't gotten to and that we will, maybe we can do another, mm-hmm. we can go by regions or something. We can do another part of this. Um, I'm really, I also really like a lot of Spanish wines. Me too. Yeah. And uh, uh, when I was living in Manhattan, our wine guy got us into Portuguese wines. Have you tried which South is- African wines too? And I like South African wines. Okay, yeah. here's here's one last thing. If you mm-hmm. can find it, and it's not easy to find, my favorite white wine besides Sancerre that I've ever tried was a South African unoaked Chenin Blanc. Oh, interesting. It was aged in steel, and yep. it it well, I mean, it will blow your mind. And it wasn't even that expensive. I forget the brand now, but if you can find that in like a Total Wine or a Whole Foods or a Wegmans or something like that, that is that's worth it too. There is a it. lot of good stuff, and I also. I know. So this is like, I drink a lot of wine. I, I actually don't, but I'm more of a martini At least you type. can remember what you had. <laughs> I know, right? You know what else I really like in certain circumstances? South African Pinotage. I do too. Actually, intense. I was going to bring that up. It's, it's intense. Delicious. But it's like, on. I mean, I'm fake using these terms, but like when you smell it, like on the nose, it smells like a fire pit. Yeah, it's dirt. It's it, it's it's so good. It's very earthy, and so a lot of people get turned off by Pinotage, but it, I love it. It is. An I feel earthy, like it's an experience. Delicious wine for and sure. And it's it's made for um very gamey meat, which Definitely. I don't eat. Me neither, I don't but. eat that, so I just I don't pair it with any foods because I I think I would ruin whatever I'm eating. But so just if I have it. a Pinotage, just drink it. Yeah. And oh man, there is no, there's nothing like because I'm it's it's 29 degrees right now on the East Coast. It's freezing. It's already February, and just the thought of sitting in front of a fireplace with a glass of Pinotage. It's a chewy. It's one of the wines that I would call a chewy wine. Like it's got something to it. You know, there Absolutely. are some wines that have that leathery, earthy feel, and it's. It's one of them, but I think it's fantastic. You can get some really terrible pinotages, but there are some really good ones too. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge. Of course. Thank you. It's not even all of your knowledge, just a little slice of your knowledge, but thank you. This is so fun. I think we should do some pairing stuff from time to time because you've been cooking so much. We can do definitely have some fun with pairings. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, listening to this very special episode. And uh, we've tapped into Jen's. Yeah, we've tapped into Jen's superpower. And uh, also, well, she has a lot of superpowers, but this is a good one. Uh, But yes, happy Thanksgiving and safe travels if you're going to be on the road or up in the air because it's going to be a busy season. Everybody seems to be like just back at it again. So um, we are dropping this episode immediately and happy shopping and enjoy the wine. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.